Chapter 24 Hang on, cowboy, we're not going anywhere. Alicia was firm. Come on, Alicia, you can't be serious. You don't wear a badge anymore, Fitz. This is Barnes's job. And if you're looking for the Pecorinis, they're probably back in Youngstown. Yeah, packing to leave the country. You're calling Lieutenant Barnes right now and telling him about everything that happened. He'll contact Youngstown PD and have them rounded up. Yeah, but... But nothing. Call him. She shoved her cell phone into my hand. I did as she asked. Told the detective everything that happened, including Alicia's admonition to keep my ass at home. And your lady lawyer friend, right? I'll get a bolo out for the two of them, Barnes said at the other end of the call. You're Marco's guardian. I need you there so I can interview him. Don't move. Fuck. I swore under my breath as the call disconnected. Pete was already on the run, and probably already across state lines. If we didn't find Carlotta and Joe, one or both of them would disappear, and we'd never put the whole damn case together. My cell phone rang, and I pulled it from my back pocket. I didn't recognize the number. Fitzhugh Investigations. Fitz, it's me, Peace. I put my hand over the phone. A business call. Gotta take this in the other room. I wandered into the kitchen. The girl from the knitting store? Sure. What's up? I found something you might be interested in. Considering what you offered the last time I was in your shop, I have to ask what that is. She laughed a little uncomfortably. <laughs> no, not that. I decided to close the shop. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, well, I've had some time to think about it, and who knows what kind of landlord I'd get after Anna Maria's estate is settled and the property is sold. I'm not making a whole lot of money as it is. Another shop has offered to buy my inventory, and I've had a job offer I can't say no to, so I guess I'm out of here. Uh, can't blame you for that. What do you have you think you'd be interested in? I was cleaning out that old safe, the one back in the office. I remembered the safe sitting in the corner of the yarn store office, the scrollwork gold around the edge of the door, and the name of the butcher who'd placed it there, Giovanni Russo and Sons, Quality Italian Meats. Yeah, what did you find? I found an envelope from Anna Maria. It was tucked into one of the drawers. An envelope? Now I was interested. Yeah, and it says, In the event of my death, written across the front of it. Did you open it? What's in it? No, I didn't open it, but it feels like there's a couple little square things in there, you know, like those little discs you put in computers. I'll be right there. I dashed back through the living room, grabbing my coat from the easy chair near the door. Fitz, where are you going? Alicia called after me. Who was that on the phone? Uh, I'm going to go get some yarn. She reached out to grab me on my way out the door and missed. Don't leave, Fitz. Barnes is on his way over here to interview Marco. Fitz! Fitz! I was already in the excursion, backing down the driveway. God damn it, Fitz. I was at the yarn store within five minutes. The door was locked with a handwritten sign taped in the glass. Pearls of Peace is closed until further notice. I pounded on the door. I had the laptop from the back of the SUV under my arm. Within a minute or two, Peace was at the door to let me in. We walked to the back office, around boxes with yarn tossed in. Empty wire displays pushed against one wall. Hand-knit sweaters and scarves hung haphazardly across the shoulders of an antique dress form. Next to the form, plastic bins filled with stacks of knitting needles and other supplies. I hate closing the place, but I really don't want to buy this building or get evicted when it sells. I just decided to close the doors. She indicated for me to sit down in an old wooden chair beside the desk. 
I opened the laptop and watched it spring to life. Peace went to the other side of the room and, with a grunt, pulled open the safe door. Here it is. She laid the envelope next to my laptop. What do you think it is? Anna Maria had written carefully across the envelope with a sharpie. Please open in the event of my death. I could feel the small squares of the memory disks inside. Your landlady was involved in a bit of a shady side job. We think it could have led to her murder. I tore the envelope in half and tipped the contents into my palm. Two photo disks fell into my hand. Each had a series of ten tiny numbers written across the face. I recognized the pattern from the client journal and, for a moment, faltered as I tried to insert a disk. What did she do? For a moment, I couldn't answer as the disk loaded. I knew what I would see and that it would forever change my perception of Anna Maria. I didn't want to see her in a neon pink wig, mask, and painted on leather pants. I didn't want to see her employing a whip on some dumb son of a bitch who paid for the privilege. I wanted to remember Anna Maria as I had known her. A lovely, lively woman with bright eyes who truly bettered the lives of everyone she touched. She sang, she danced, she could speak a couple languages, was as comfortable bargaining with vendors in Cairo's marketplace as she was working with troubled youth, even as she told me I'd never be in her bed. Take a look. I clicked on the disc and began to flip through each photo. In the first picture, Anna Maria in her pink wig and a black mask covering her forehead, eyes, and nose was visible through the mouth of the Buddha statue in the basement dungeon. She reached around the back of the statue and somehow moved the camera so it was focused on a red square in the middle of the floor. Peace gasped as the photos flipped by. Oh, my God. Joe Pecorini was in the next photo, hanging from his arms, his feet just slightly off the ground. He was naked, blindfolded, and gagged. Shackles around his ankles were attached to chains that fastened inside the red square and kept his legs from moving. The next photo showed Anna Maria arching her back as she prepared to strike Joe with a whip, curling behind her like a snake ready to strike. The next several showed the whip hitting its target and Joe howling in pain. Then she stopped. She approached Joe, gently rubbing her leather-gloved hand along his face. She removed the gag and the next photo showed her close as if to kiss him. This was different than Rosario's modus operandi. She'd never touched her clients above the knee or below the shoulders. Or was it? The following photo showed a slap and his blindfolded face frozen in open-mouthed pain. There were a couple more photos along this same ilk, followed by more whipping. The next showed her releasing her brother-in-law from his chains. The whip was nowhere in sight. Maybe his time was up. Maybe he had less of a desire to indulge in a pornographic fantasy than he thought. Either way, the next photo was Joe, completely free and enraged, pushing Anna Maria against the wall. Shit. According to the photo numbers at the bottom of the screen, the numbers had jumped ahead by ten. Had some shots been deleted? And what was on those? In the next picture, she was on the floor, reaching for her mask and her wig, trying to escape from Joe, who was pummeling her with his fists. Why did he strike her? Had he recognized her? Had she said something that had given away her true identity? Finally, she got away enough to stand up and confront him. I could see the bruises on her face forming already and blood running from her lips. They clearly recognized each other. I could imagine Anna Maria telling him that they would never speak of this again, and he would pay for the next extended trip with no questions asked. Anna Maria was alone in the last photo, leaning against the wall, her face covered grasping her mask with the pink wig on the floor. She looked like she was sobbing. Peace looked at me in horror.
unable to speak. He's the one who killed her, isn't he? I don't think so. I popped the disc out and put in the other one. I think this guy might be the one. This disc was different. This wasn't a series of photos. It was a video. It began pretty much the same as Anna Maria, this time in an unnaturally green wig and Mardi Gras-style mask highlighted with glitter, once again adjusted the camera. It didn't begin when the action did, with the master, in this case mistress, ornately binding the other person. The video started with little Pete Zetkowski, looking smaller and bonier in his birthday suit, hogtied on the floor. The ropes across his back were interlaced almost like butterfly wings, and his knees were drawn up beneath him. I grimaced to see the ropes disappear between his ass cheeks. This was Kinbaku, and deviated from Rosario's no-touch zone policy. Like Joe, his honor was blindfolded and gagged, jerking in pain as Anna Maria applied a whip to his body. She rolled him over at one point. Separate ropes held his lower legs tightly against each other and against his thighs. The ropes on his thighs were somehow interlaced with the ropes on his abdomen. With a small tug of the rope, his legs came loose from his abdomen. He stretched out flat, relaxing momentarily. Ropes wrapped tightly around Pete's erect penis and laced together up his abdomen and his chest, coming together in a macrame-like collar around his neck. Anna Maria was on the floor crawling toward his crotch. She slithered up his legs, licking his shins, his knees, and his thighs on her way up. As her head came closer to his crotch, I stopped the video. In her hand, she held a small lighter. I clicked to the next frame. A small flame was close to his scrotum, and Pete's face was turned toward the camera, distended in pain. I couldn't watch anymore. I closed the disc and ejected it from the computer. Pete was speechless, her eyes as big as saucers. That was the mayor. I've seen his picture in the paper. Yeah, that was Pete. He was worried that if this ever got out, he'd lose everything. And I think he's right. My question to you is, when did Anna Maria put this envelope in the safe? I have no idea. She came by once a month, like I told you, just to see how things were going, pick up the rent check. A couple months ago, we were talking about the safe and what it would take to move it. The door was open. It's never locked. Neither of us have the combination, and I don't use it for anything other than office supplies. She looked inside and must have slipped the envelope into her drawer then. Someone pounded on the door. Peace looked through the small pass-through from the office to the sales floor. I can't tell who it is. Let me go check. Some of my little old ladies are having a hard time coping with the store closing. Her Birkenstocks scuffed softly across the old wooden floor. I powered the laptop down and put the discs back in the envelope and folded it into my wallet. I'm sorry, we're closed. Peace called as the knocking continued on the door. The lock turned and the door squeaked as it opened. Listen, pal, the store is closed. Peace screamed. There was a crash and a groan as she fell against something. Fitz! It's him! Help!